Hello, everyone, and welcome back to episode 10 of Life Coaching with Mike Fitch. I appreciate you being here listening to this. I have to thank a former player of mine for prompting this week's episode. Uh, I asked him a couple weeks ago for ideas, and he reached out and told me that he thought I should talk about self-honesty. Now, what he means by that is when he played for us in high school, he talked about how he used to be the worst about complaining to and about the officials. He would make a play and put his hands up asking for a foul when in reality it was irrelevant and he should not have been complaining in the first place. And it became a distraction to a point where we really felt like it was inhibiting his ability to progress as a player and, been a, and inhibiting his ability to be as productive and impactful in a game as he could be. It was a distraction. And so he said that he hid it from himself for a while until the coaching staff and got on him enough to where he realized he needed to address it. He said that basically the correlation is that the same goes for life, as a lot of people do things that affect them in a negative way without realizing it. I thought that was worthy of discussion. And so I will attempt to dive into that topic in my typical meandering roundabout way. So understand this young man is you know less than half my age. He is a pup. Yet he is one of the most wise, intelligent, resilient people I have ever been lucky enough to meet, let alone befriend. He's going to be a success because he is very open to life. Adversity does not cripple him. Obstacles do not deter him. And learning and awareness are mandatory. He is one of my favorite people ever. And he is one of those people that you take joy in just being able to sit back and watch them succeed because the arc that their life is on is so impressive. And it is, yeah, it's just a true joy to watch him move forward in his life. And I feel like I have learned from him even at his very young age. He has things figured out better than most adults that I know. Well, not that he's not an adult. I guess most people my age, the geriatrics. What it boils down to for most people is that we are our own worst enemies. And the sooner we realize that the better prepared we will be to enter into that realm of self-realization and introspection that will allow us to realize our own self-sabotage and where it comes from. If we can be self-aware enough to know what our triggers are, where they come from, and where they will lead us if we allow them to, we will be prepared to battle those demons and make decisions based on what's best rather than what our subconscious fears. If we are so bold as to not create a self-awareness, to not be introspective, then we will be ruled by the monkeys chattering in our heads instead of by our true selves. We will run and hide from our inner voices. 
We will allow our issues to manifest themselves in other ways, which will always have us operating from a deficit instead of a place of security and comfort. The psychology behind all of this is amazing. Now, I am no psychologist. I am a dude talking into a laptop. But I've learned that if you can just get out of your own way, we can all be so much more successful and happier. And those around us will only benefit from our newfound energy and purpose. But it is so hard. Those voices in our heads are so loud and so persistent, they are hard to ignore. I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. Some of you may be aware of it just on a daily basis. But whether you pray or meditate or simply take time to think, you know it can be like swatting flies, keeping those voices at bay. Those voices telling you all the stuff you should be doing, all the stuff you should be worried about, all the problems that could occur, all the pain that might be out there, all the failures that are pending. The ability to step back from those damn chattering monkeys and just focus on you and your self-worth and quiet the voices is such a powerful thing. We can all overcome anything. If our minds are in the right spot, I do truly believe that weight, cancer, emotional trauma, devastating losses, various catastrophes. Some of you that are friends with me on Facebook may have noticed me posting a lot of stories from a high school buddy of mine named Ben Walters. Ben and I have been friends since we were 11 years old. I have always admired Ben. I've always looked up to him. And he was an absolute magnet for people when we were growing up. We were all literally drawn to him. He has a charisma, a magnetism, a cult of personality that few people have. He is a published author with two books to his name and probably a third coming soon. And none of this surprises me because he's a ridiculously good storyteller. He has three degrees. And as it turns out, his appetite did not stop with learning. I ran into Ben about 10 years ago in Jackpot, Nevada, and we had a ridiculous time, a lot of fun. And when I brought it up to him later on, we were taking our kids together through the zoo in Idaho Falls. He admitted that that was a low point for him and that he was completely out of control. His weight had ballooned. And he was in a very gluttonous state. So the reason I bring this up is that Ben's Facebook posts, where he discusses his journey titled Fat Ass No More. In fact, there's fatassnomore.com. From that gluttonous, overweight Ben to the current Ben, who is in the best shape of his life, running half marathons and tough mutters and... I don't know what all he does, but he looks like a Greek god. And in his Facebook post, he covers all of this. And it's an amazing insight into the psychology of weight loss. Now, those of you that know me know that I don't struggle with weight loss. I can't gain weight regardless of what I do. Some of you are saying, oh, yeah, that's a tough deal. Well, I, what I'm saying is that his posts are still relevant to me, even though it's about weight loss. 
because he talks about the psychology of it. He talks about the struggles and the self-talk that can either lead you to success or leave you right in the poisonous situation you are currently in. He gives tremendous insight into the power of positive self-talk and dedication and commitment and establishing routines and knowing your own weaknesses. The power that we all have within us to overcome. Eventually, I'm going to have him as a guest on this show, and it will be epic, I guarantee you, because Ben only does things in a big way. Taking another track, we have all been touched by cancer, and I've heard tell that upon diagnosis, the person's mental approach and attitude towards the news impacts the outcome of their battle against cancer more than anything else. Another former player of mine named Carl Dolly was diagnosed with cancer several years ago and is still winning and fighting an amazing battle against the dreaded disease. Now, knowing the Dolly family as well as I do, they are some of the most positive, hardworking, disciplined people that I have ever met. And I was lucky enough to experience their entire family in my time at Fruitland. Now, I'm sure that Carl has had dark days. And I'm sure the monkeys were chattering like crazy. But I also know that his self-talk was always one of pending success and survival. He did not allow the monkeys to talk him into anything short of living. Another victim of cancer gentleman by the name of Dwayne Tesnolitic, who was kind of one of the founding fathers of everything Fruitland, is another amazing person that I was lucky enough to know that was diagnosed with cancer and took an approach that allowed him to fight the dreaded disease longer than anyone thought humanly possible. Dwayne was an ass kicker, pure and simple. He never would have allowed himself to doubt his victory over cancer or give in to the doubts and fears that were inevitably bouncing around in his mind. He lived his life exactly the way he wanted to. He did not allow cancer to dictate his life. He dictated his life. It just goes to show the power of your mental state. The other beautiful thing about Tess that this episode made me think of was the fact that he is renowned as the best motivator anyone around these parts has ever seen. And I've talked to hundreds of his former students. And a lot of them, I would use the term student loosely. But to a person, they all said that Tess could make you think you were invincible. That if he said you could do it, then by God, you could do it. And even three weeks ago, I ran into a former student of his, four or five years older than me, at my son's basketball game. And we started talking, and the talk immediately turned to Dwayne Tesnolitic, and we just uh, dove into his ability to motivate, and we spent 10 minutes talking about him. And so it brought this to mind and allowed me to talk about him again. If Dwayne thought you could do it, then by God, you could do it. I experienced this phenomenon firsthand. I was lucky enough to coach in front of Mr. Tess, and he would come up to me anytime he saw me and talk to me about basketball. 
And by the time I got done talking to him, I was absolutely certain that we were going to win the state title and I was probably the best coach in the state. Now, this is big because I'm a natural pessimist. And he would simply work his magic and have you walking around with such self-confidence and self-worth that your whole approach to life would change. And that was a five-minute random conversation. It wasn't anything he was doing necessarily purposely. It's the way he was. And it would have such an impact on your mental state. It, it was a powerful thing. To me, this speaks to the power of surrounding yourself with people who will help you become the true you. What energy does your circle bring you? You are told at a very young age that you are who you hang out with. I used to think that, that that was wrong. Growing up, I hung out with some really, really good people. Don't get me wrong. I have some friends from my youth that accomplished amazing things. But I also had a lot of friends did not, that did not make the best decisions. Our class that I graduated with was pretty renowned for our renegade status. Now, I always thought that I could hang out with renegades and not necessarily be a renegade. And that's true because I never did get into trouble. But I also did not achieve everything I could have. I did not achieve everything I should have. I never had the self-confidence to tap into my potential. I didn't make poor decisions, but the energy stagnated me. So look around. Do people make you better? Do they promote you? Do they prioritize you? Do they provide you fuel, motivate you, inspire you? If not, then find those who do. Find those that will be honest with you. Find those that will help get you out of your own way. Find people who will call you on your bullshit. Find those that will help you identify and combat your self-destructive thoughts and actions by helping you have faith in yourself and trusting yourself and quieting those chattering monkeys in your head. By knowing that they value you as a person, just the way you are. You don't have to put on a facade. You don't have to put on a show. You don't have to pretend to be something you are not because they value you just the way you are. I'm not a fan of Facebook. I never have been. And I often leave a Facebook session feeling worse about myself than I did when I began. But last night was an exception. The messages out there last night were positive and powerful. It was literally a rewarding experience. But I've also been blocking all of the political posts and anything that I've found negative. And so I think it might have been a combination of things along those lines. But I trimmed my Facebook experience. And it was a rewarding experience last night, which was extremely enjoyable. And also because of Facebook, I have reconnected with a classmate of mine from high school that I have not seen in 27 years who lives in Germany. She has become a muse for my self-discovery and progress. She's been a godsend and I am grateful for her every day. She went through her own hell and self-discovery and has now impacted my life and others all around the world. You never know who you might impact with your insight and approach to life. We all know it's easier to help other people with their problems than it is with our own. So that's why we have to seek out those who add to our lives and help us, whether purposely or accidentally, with our journey to becoming comfortable in our own skin. Some of you may still be wondering what in the hell I am talking about. Our self-talk determines how we handle relationships, our careers, our health, and any 
innumerable range of topics beyond that. You may ask yourself why you feel the need to solve everyone else's problems for them. Why you constantly apologize for absolutely no reason to anyone and everyone. Why you regularly pick people to love that are not good for you. Potentially why you overeat. Why you drink too much. Or why you self-medicate. Somewhere inside you is the answer. What is wrong with your perception of yourself? What is it that drives you to think that you have to be perfect or to be everything for everyone? My issue that has been brought to light of late is that I need constant approval. My happiness is not my own. My happiness is completely determined by those around me, their approval and their attention. That is not happiness. My journey is not only to say that happiness is a choice, but to realize how to get there sands the approval of other people. It is a constant and daily struggle. I'm not saying that this is an easy journey, but it is a necessary one. And being honest with yourself about the root of why you say and do the things you do is ridiculously important. Listen to yourself talk. How many times do you say something negative to yourself? How many times do you criticize yourself? How many times do you call yourself stupid? How many times do you call yourself ugly? How many times do you call yourself fat? How many times do you call yourself worthless? That has to change. And you have to be able to step back from that chatter, from that static in your brain, and silence those voices. You have to know the why about you. Address your traumas. Address your issues. Acknowledge them and move past them. Understanding that they happen, but they are not you. Ignore them, and they will continuing. They will continue to be the chattering monkeys in your head, clouding your judgment and making you overthink every decision you ever make. Instead, instead of allowing you to be genuine and respond with your true self, knowing that you are enough. Which brings us back to my initial point of my former player and yelling at the refs. Our coaching staff helped him with that only because he was receptive. How many daily events do you waste time on? Does getting angry about the traffic help you in any way? Does allowing the weather to ruin your day, is that productive? You have no control over these things. They are simple events that you need to acknowledge and move on from. Life does not care about our preferences. And no amount of grousing or grumbling is going to change anything about that. You are simply hurting yourself. Does seeing someone panhandle alongside the road agitate you? Why? Does it affect you? Does someone's political affiliation render you speechless? Why? Does it impact your life? Does someone's religious affiliation impact you directly? Does someone's sexual orientation impact you directly? Then why waste time and energy worrying about it? We spin our wheels on so many things that are not worth our time or energy. It's static. It clouds our judgment. Next time you find yourself agitated about such a thing, ask yourself why. Literally step back in your mind and ask yourself why it matters. 
is it worth my anger? Is it worth my agitation? Is it worth the tension building up in my shoulders, my heart rate speeding up, my blood pressure rising? If you cannot come up with a good reason to give it merit, then let it go. Be honest with yourself. Where is the anger and the angst coming from? Look inside yourself. What is it about yourself that causes that to be a trigger? Maybe it's because that's not the plan. That's not how life is supposed to go. These people politically opposing me is not what makes my life comfortable. This traffic not allowing me to get to work is ruining my plan. Remember, life doesn't give a shit about your preferences. Address the voices in your head that for some really reason feel it necessary to keep you in an agitated state of discomfort all the time. I know for a majority of my life, I did not, if I didn't have something to worry about, something that made that pit in my stomach, I did not feel normal. I had to ask, start asking myself, why was I worrying? Why was I mad? Why was I agitated? Why was I nervous? And then I had to get to the root of it and let it go and figure out that literally my mind was creating things to worry about because that was a sense of normalcy. Now, if I'm worrying, that is the abnormal feeling and I can investigate it and come to some type of resolution in my own mind and move on. We all have work to do. We all want to be happy. But the work we need to do is inside ourselves. Coming to grips with the fact that we are enough, that we are complete, and anything that makes us feel otherwise is not worth our time. Thank you guys so much. I appreciate all of you that listen. I appreciate all of you that give me feedback. I appreciate all of you that give me new ideas to talk about. Doing this podcast is a very simple thing, but it is extremely rewarding for me. And the emotions that it makes me feel when I write down all these ideas and when I am able to record these podcasts is beyond rewarding. So thank you very much for giving me this platform. I appreciate it. And we'll see you next time.